0: Hi, I'm Susan Foch, and when I was 18 years old, I launched a national nonprofit organization out of my freshman college dorm room. Now, with almost a decade of experience under my belt, I'm here to teach you my tried and true tips and tricks for running your own nonprofit or social enterprise, and how to build it from the ground up. You're listening to this podcast because you're ready to make a difference in this world. I see you, I hear you, and I'm ready to help you. Now let's make an impact together. You're listening to the Make an Impact podcast, episode 58. And today I'm hitting you with a bonus episode, which I have not done in a very long time. And who better to have a bonus with than Ainsley McLeod? Honestly, just in the last two days, the feedback from episode 57, where Ainsley describes in great detail the journey that our soul is on, how we are discovering our career paths, and especially those in particular for those in helping careers, the healers, the nonprofit professionals, the therapists, the social workers, people who are called genuinely just to do good things in the world and where that comes from and, and why we are the way that we are. And it was the most fascinating conversation, and this part two of it is even more, more fascinating, just as fascinating. This one, I'm making it a bonus on purpose because it's kind of a mishmash of questions that I was just genuinely curious on. Uh, honestly, it's a very selfish episode for me <laughs> because I wanted to talk about romantic soulmates and more details about spirit guides and where they are, how we can connect with them and really just get guidance for our lives. And there are some really, really wild stories in here. So this is just kind of my mishmash part. Mishposh- hodgepodge of an episode uh, for all of the extra just personally selfish questions that I wanted to ask Ainsley McLeod. So enjoy. So on the, I have two very quick like nitty-gritty questions about spirit guides, which is number one, where are they? I know they're on the casual plane, but in terms of us, is it what, you know, especially when we call them in, like, is it this weird, do they swoop down and then they're like, dimensionally right next to like what like what does that look like what does that mean
1: well okay so yeah i so i have the the spirit guides on a couple of levels you know there's the the the, ast- the astral the the causal plane and the, the the ones i work with are the ones on the causal plane um what they say is that everything that happens between us and them is energetic mm-hmm. there's they have to use metaphors and language to explain things that are super <laughs> difficult to explain how it works so they they use terms you know if, if a if you think of it like you said something about you know scanners sp- 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 kind of the idea of spirit guides pouring over a blueprint or something you know like that that kind of idea they would go yeah fine absolutely you know it <laughs> no it doesn't quite work like that but they would be f- uh, fine with it you know yeah. that's good enough because the, you it's yeah that's fine but Mm -hmm. it's not how it works because it's all invisible and you know it's all energy uh but we have to put it in terms that that we would understand as humans and they have to do the same they use language that we would understand so um yeah it's a little difficult as far as them swooping down and where are they it's it's really funny i mean i I mean i sometimes i go spirit guys There's other times spirit guys you know where where
0: where where are they
1: yeah (laughs) I mean, obviously, you know, I've seen one or, I mean, I've seen a couple of ghosts in my time and, and I've certainly had the, the sort of presence of spirit guides uh, around. When I first started doing the work, I would, I would bring them in, and, you know, verbally, and then I would feel them coming in. I feel like a, a thing down the, the back of my neck, down my spine. I would, it was their way of letting me know that they were, they were with me, sort of like a slight like little shivery tremble, tremble thing as they came in. Um, but in terms of sort of exactly where they are, it's another dimension. And
0: I couldn't,
1: yeah. I couldn't really answer it any better yeah, than that. Fair enough.
0: Yeah. Well, some things we don't
1: have to worry about, you know, it's just, they take care of all of that.
0: That's yeah. true. Well, and I've also heard, you know, that it's, it's the things like, because it, if it is dimensionally, that not even for spirit guides, but for, you know, for you have like loved ones that have passed away uh, one little, like, and I'm going to say trigger and that's the wrong word, but uh, thing I've always heard was, you know, like sometimes when you just all of a sudden get like a whiff of a smell that mm-hmm. doesn't make sense because like, it's not, you know, like maybe it was like a perfume and you're like, mm-hmm. well, no one walked by, but you like, you smelled that person. I So from that idea of it being dimensional, that one always freaks me out in the best possible way where it's like, did you just straight up walk like right by me, <laughs> but in a different, yeah, plane of existence? <laughs>
1: Well, it's funny that you know smell smells are one of the ways that the the spirit world could communicate with us and uh, you know you can get a sense of, of somebody years ago I was I, I met somebody in, a, in in a bar and I, I dated her for a, f- a few weeks uh, I would uh, I would drive up to the bar and I would smell her perfume like in the in the car on the street you know even maybe as I'm driving there like half a mile away I would just get that whiff and what it told me was, yeah, she's in the pub. I'll go and drop in and say hi. And if I didn't get smell, I could, I could go in, but I knew she wouldn't be there. It was the the spirit world's way of saying, yeah, she's, and she's close by. It was a, a, a really odd one. I had the other weird, this is a very odd little thing, but I, I worked out of a shop years ago, and I had a little bit of downtime between clients. And so I was just practicing back in those days. Uh, this is about twenty years ago, and I was I was pretty new to it all. So I was sitting there with the guides, and I was getting them to give me words. I would write them down, check that the word was correct, and they're just giving me just a a bunch of just random words. And I would write them down. They go, that's C, yeah, and that's correct. And uh, I thought one of the words they gave me was shell. I wrote down the word shell, and they said no, and they just gave me a smell of dog shit, um, just out of the blue. And I went, oh, smell, okay. <laughs> and uh, and then I said, oh, it's just revolting. And they just immediately flipped to it Like it was a beautiful kind of perfumey, flowery scent. And and this was, a, a <laughs> there was something that happened. It was probably a couple of years after, you know, it was a few years after that. Um, I was working on my second book. And I, th- this is a really odd thing. I mean, even you know, even for me, to, you know, it's like, you know, talking to spirit guides all day, every day. So, you know, when I talk about things being unusual, it's like, yeah, it's really weird. So, so I was writing this chapter and I went off for lunch. I came back and the, uh, I, I saw that I, I didn't remember typing it There's the word humanism and I went, that's really weird. Um, I don't remember writing that, so I I deleted it. I you know I highlighted it and deleted, and it disappeared, and then popped right back up, like humanism. And I deleted it again, and it popped right back up. And I went, oh okay, this is weird. So I I said I brought a spirit guides in. I said, what the hell's going on here? They said, oh we just wanted to get your attention. Um, the in the Paragraph above, you need to see, say something about uh, humanism, um, and I'm going. Wait, a I minute, mean, you can type. <laughs> what the hell do you do that? And the, and, the, and the spirit guide's reaction was, they said, we give you, we give you words, we give you images, we give you, uh, uh, we give you smells. And you're amazed that we can type. And I'm, I was going. Quite frankly, I am blown away by that. You know, yes. Would you would you write my book, please? And they went, no. You know, it's your job. And, uh, <laughs> and that was the only time it's it's happened. But it was like, I mean, it was really freaky. I mean, it was like, holy, cow, how how do You know, what's the mechanics of it? I mean, there's. It's not like the keys on the keyboard are going up and down magically or anything like that. It's like, how the hell do they do that? Well figure that, that one is, probably go over to the other side i guess
0: that one's wild well and that brings me to my next question which is totally out of order but i love how this conversation has gone okay so they give us smells apparently they can type words type. Yeah. <laughs> throw things out there so i want to talk about and it, this to me is a very new concept but it's angel numbers right which mm. i've heard it described both as like the repeating numbers you know if you keep seeing three 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 or four 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 um and sometimes when you just have like a uh, number that you is like somehow very special to you, and then you keep seeing it. Is there? Because uh, I've also heard like, uh, or you know, there's been videos mm-hmm. where it's like, well, if you see a bunch of ones, it means this, and and eights mm. mean this. Or is any of that true? Or is it just the general like we're just trying to get your attention?
1: <laughs> well, yeah. It, it, as far as I know, I think it's just really to get your attention.
0: Okay. Um,
1: that's been the feedback that I've had from the guides. I don't really know, about you know, angel numbers or, you know, any of that sort of mm-hmm. thing. I have a very limited purview, as the guides would say, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, I do what I do and I don't sort of, and that's really about it, you know? So um, there is this thing that happened a few years ago. Uh, I was doing some uh, medical research with with a small team and they are you know, getting my psychic help. And, I'm, uh, and literally, you know, I just met the lead researcher and, you know, if we're talking, it's all work, you know, then we talk, just at the end, he said, by the way, I keep seeing the number 333, I keep waking up at 333, what's that to do with? And I said, well, I don't know, if I get a chance, I'll ask the guy to see if I can get something for you. Um, so I just let it go, I mean, I didn't think much about it, and then that night, I, I woke up, looked at the clock, and it was 333, and I thought, hmm, am I just imagining am I dreaming it's just but I, I lay there looking at the clock and it was a full minute minute that changed and uh so I said to the spirit guides you know well what what is this about? Why why am I getting three thirty three now? And they said, well it's a way of, it's our way of showing that it's a connection. It's just a, really it's little more than saying we're present, you know, we're around here. It's a, you know it's not a necessarily huge um you know, huge important message and you're supposed to interpret this number. It's more just a way of saying hi, you know, or rem- remember that we're here.
0: Mm. Yeah. I like that though, I, I really like that. And I wanted to kind of go back to, and this is the part where we've, I've gotten totally derailed, but I think it's all fascinating. <laughs> um, you know, so we talk about our careers um, that were kind of blueprint, but you also talked about the fact that spirit guides are working all the time. Uh, and their great game of connection and making sure that people are meeting up and talking and having these conversations and I would love to talk more about that because I you know there's some people that I feel like you meet in life that are I don't know can just be so rude or so like sometimes that you're like why like what in the hell like why is like this person even coming in and then sometimes other people come in for those like beautiful messages. I would love to talk to you about like romantic soulmates. So just to that, it's, you know, how is it that they're playing that great game of connection with us?
1: Well, so what the, what the spirit guides have is the ability to see the, the big picture, you know, your, your past lives, where you're going, where, you, you know, what's in your life plan. And then how would that all um, intersects with other people, other souls and their life plans as well. So, um, so it, it can be like that, you know, they know that, you know, you have a, an agreement with another. soul. we have multiple agreements, you know, to, to be with souls in case, for example, one doesn't work out or we don't meet one or for whatever reason. Um, so you have this agreement, what, what they will be doing with both those souls is giving little, um, urges to to find ways that you, you, you connect. So it might be that you, Uh, you go to a party and, you know, maybe you feel, you didn't really feel like going to the party, but something just impels you. you Go, Oh, maybe I regret it if I don't go or whatever. You meet somebody or maybe you don't really get the chance to, to connect. And this is a thing that a lot of people recognize or some variation is that you meet somebody for the first time. And uh, you know, it's happened to me with somebody I met uh, when I used to live in London and uh, I, met somebody at a party, never really got the chance to talk. But three days later, I run into her in a shop in, 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 near where I worked. And uh, I was like, oh, wow, you know, I know you uh, We met at the party. And then we sort of, you know, hit it off, had a couple of dates, you know. Um, that was like the what, the, what the spirit world was going, doing was going, okay, well, you didn't quite hit it off when we hoped you would. We'll give you another bite of the apple. And there would have been another one in- and so on, you know, like they will make these efforts, little things like nudging you to um, be in that right place at the right time when you encounter somebody, where you know you you might be thinking, well, I'll, you know, I've had my lunch break, I'll, I'll head back to work, and then you think, oh no, I'll just stop and get a coffee to go, and that that's the little inspiration from the guides because they know that yes, if you stop and have that coffee, you'll meet that person, and they've been working on on them to you know hopefully bring you two together. This is happening in different ways all the time. The problem is that we don't, when we don't recognize that this is happening, we see these encounters as more random. And I think it one, I think it would make a big difference in most people's lives if they really knew that we are seeking soulmates and soul connections and members of our soul family all the time. And learn to recognize the science, science of familiarity. Um, you know, a lot of us, you know we hang out with people who don't serve us. This is a spiritualist thing by the way, if I can talk just to, you know because a lot of you Please. know your, your followers will be spiritualists and you know they'll they'll you know relate to that. You are meant to be with ideally you're meant to be around you know drawing people in who will really support you on your journey. Spiritualists are growing like that, you know spiritual journey that you know you're, you're growing you're evolving you're working on yourself you know typical spiritualist has about 20 books on their nightstand you know all of them self-help kind of spiritual folks you know are not hello. and a lot of <laughs> a, a lot of so they're growing 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 and you know so so you got that like you got the spiritualist you know their their trajectory going like that and other people on that flat line the, lo- the more time goes on the bigger that sort of gulf becomes between the spiritualist and the people they used to hang out with. So, you know, often I'll see that again, it can be around 40, but it could be any time where the spiritualist starts to feel like the people they're around are maybe no longer, you know, they don't feel a connection anymore. You know, maybe they're not at all interested in spirituality and you're sort of like, you know, your, your, your life is transformed by your journey. And, what the what the spirit guides say is that you know yeah you you're supposed to pay attention to that you're supposed to be with people who feed your soul who encourage you who are uh, who um, are excited about your successes and so on as as you are you know uh, mm-hmm. and often we end up with people who are like dead wood and it's by letting them go that you actually replace them. You have space for others. Because people feel, especially if they've got a past life fear of rejection, they don't want to, they don't want to cut loose a friend because, oh, it seems wrong. Even though this friend is just like, they dread them coming around or, oh my God, I have to talk to them on a phone or whatever. Um, And actually it, it, we are sometimes these relationships are finite and, we are meant to sort of move on and find, find other people mm. It's worth mentioning, you know, cause yeah. so many, so many old so crappy relationships because of, well, I guess I am meant to be that, that, by the way, if I could just say one thing, that Believe. belief, is, it's a sort of weird belief that things, you know, this, this is the way things were meant to be. You know, it's like that, um, you know, like you have no control, you know, uh, Oh, I guess this is the way, just the way life is or, or, Whatever it's very very limiting. Like I said before, we all have the ability to change our lives. You know, much more than we are mostly aware of, and we should do. You know, if, if it's it's so simple. If things are not working, change them. You know, Just do something. Them.
0: You know, and it, well, if I well, actually,
1: to- my spirit guides actually said that. <laughs> My spirit guy said to a client one time, and she, they, they, she was very stuck and they said, uh, you, you need to do something. She said, yeah, yeah, I know. what? And they said, anything. And it was like, I mean, bit, they're kind of being funny about it. But yeah. Um, yeah, they were just kind of saying, you need to do something. It's like, anything's better than just sitting and yeah. hoping something will magically change.
0: Ain't yeah. Well, and I think it's funny. I've always, uh, you know, thought of myself as a pretty intuitive person to to certain things that have um, honestly floored me where I was like, oh, I I was like, maybe I, I don't know, was making a joke about something. I was like, oh shit, I was right about that. Okay. (laughs) I didn't even mean to be, but there was one, and it was so funny because it was before all of this. And I, I again, dove into this work, like went to therapy before I did any of it. And I uh, was on a dating app and I had just moved to this new city and I it was very strange for me to have just like an open like Friday night where I wasn't doing anything. And this guy was messaging me and he was like very pursuing to just go grab a drink. And it was the only time where I was like, wow, I was like, I don't have anything going on. Sure. Why not? And I did it. And I got into the car and I immediately felt punched in the stomach. Mm -hmm. Like my stomach wasn't upset. Like it's not like I ate something weird. It felt punched, but I was like, That's super strange. And it was literally the closer I got to the bar and even like got out of the car and walked there, it was a harder and harder, like intense, like feeling on my stomach. And I was like, Oh my God, what is this? I called my mom. She's like, I think it means that you're not supposed to go like turn around. Um, I eventually actually was like kind of walking around the block and my stomach just kept feeling more and more punched. And I was like, all right, fine. I was like, okay, I can't do this. And I turned around, walked away. Never actually met. I was at like, I was there. I walked around the block and I was like, I can't do it. I left the second I went back to my car, my stomach felt fine. Yeah. And even that whole moment I was like, Ooh, that was probably something bad. I went home. I looked him up. Like I just like did like a Google and a cap thing. He has the restraining orders out on him.
1: Oh my God. And I was yeah. like,
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, so that one I was like, but I also was like, Someone was quite literally, I was like punching me in the stomach. Please stop. Go like run a different Absolutely.
1: Oh my God. Well, thank goodness you, you, you paid attention to that.
0: You know, cause it it was getting stronger that I was like, man, okay. All right. I'll leave.
1: (laughs) You will get that, you know, generally I'm sometimes, you know, uh, it, it can be a little bit, yeah. Sometimes it's a little hard to, to detect the signs you know, the, the small still voice of your spirit guides, if you like, but mm-hmm. a, a typical example is if you were, you've got a, a first date and you're getting ready and you're, something is holding you back. You know, you're, it seems to take longer to get ready or, you know, you're, you're already late before you leave the, the house There's something there. Pay attention. Why are you sluggish it's why is it just not flowing? Other times you feel the excitement, you feel like a sort of buzz, you know, it's like, it, it feels right. Mm. Your emotions are the voice of the soul, um, but they also help to, you know, the, the, the vo- it's, it's really about listening to your intuitions, listening to the voice of the, the spirit guides. Mm. And, uh, you know, if you get a negative feeling, you know, um, really pay attention. I was, I was thinking about, you know, I was working with somebody years ago, and uh she'd done a lot of work with me and, and you know trusted the spirit guides, but not in this one thing she She got kind of twitter pated you know kind of met somebody and she'd been hanging out with him for you know in a in a bar a few times and th- thought maybe this is the one and and she called me and said, you know um, just want to check out is this is this guy the one and i 'm going oh let's you know see what spirit guides have have to say and um, uh, what they told me was they said that if if he was in the room with her right now." They would tell her to go out in the street and call a cop and i I gave her that and she, and she you know even though she'd had sort of experience you know of the of the spirit guides and being correct and so on the the sort of Twitter patience I'm saying she's like you know she's already sort of like you know sometimes it's very hard to listen to the voice of your soul or your spirit guides when you've got all these big emotions, you know, like, oh, you meet somebody and it's kind of a little hard to sort of step back and have that clarity. And, uh, yeah. And, and I, I said, look, guides really do not want you to be around this person. Unfortunately, she, uh, she didn't take the advice and she got very badly, uh, physically hurt by this person. Um, so yeah, if you get uh, a negative feeling about somebody like that, you know uh or physical signs Mm -hmm. absolutely pay attention to them
0: Mm. see and that's wild and i i i know we've gone like way over time so thank you so much for uh for hanging out with me but i you know one thing that you had said to me which was uh, or I'm so sorry on a different interview and this was a moment where um, I was listening to different podcasts you had done and I was driving and I literally teared up and started crying because I was like this is what I've said for years but no one has ever <laughs> like listened to me which and one of my big issues and i'm I'm at that strange age of like 27 but also Midwestern so most of my friends are already like married and have oh, yeah. maybe like one kid um, and then there's this one group of us where it's like what, you are almost 30 like don't you think that you should just be like settling down somewhere and, and finding a husband I'm like god no I was like none of these people I've met um and what I find funny for that is because I, I look at a lot of relationships and I know from the outside you can never judge a relationship of you know what people have going on but I usually look at people and I just have this feeling of like oh how sad it is that like each of their lives could be so much better if they would have just waited a little bit and found like yeah. the actual better match and I've always said that and then I've gotten yelled at that I've been like, too judgy or you know whatever and, but it's always then it's like the same people who get like divorced like 10 years down the road and now they're in like yeah. 30s and and i was like no i was like it just makes me sad like you you can very easily i think see the people who are settling or just feel they're like well you know like time's a ticking i gotta you know i'll pick this one like right off the street well, and the, it's that, that's me. it it yeah. bugs me so much and i've always <laughs> just had other people that are like you're just you know like you're being like it's that thing was like too picky or you're like too judgy about it and i was like watch them be divorced in five years. <laughs> like, it's not, I, I don't know. And so, to that, I just, I would love to talk to you more about those relationships. And this has nothing to do with nonprofits. I don't know where this is going to fit in the interview, but I feel like it has to be here. Um, which really, it's because we all have romantic soulmates, correct? It's not, no one is like, well, yes. void. Well,
1: with very, yeah, very, well, uh, very, very few people would, very few choose to come into this world and not have a relationship. It does happen. It's mm-hmm. a, Technically speaking, it's called a mission of avoidance and uh, with no connection, no desire to, or need to be around other people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, on the other hand, full-blown connection. I need to be around people. I mean, I, I feed off people. I'm a, I'm, I'm a fairly sort of quiet um, extrovert. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I, it recharges me being at a party or social gathering or something, where a lot of people with avoidance, it's like two minutes of being around too many people and they they, they want to, you know, retreat. Uh, <laughs> most people I work with are split somewhere between the two, you know, the, uh, the what, it's called the paradox, of you know, where the paradox of we have a mission of connection and they have avoidance, they want to be with people, but they don't want to be with people, you know, too much too much people time, they need the downtime and so on. It's a continual push and pull. Uh, relationships, you know, uh, not everyone's meant to have one, but most people are. Um, the problem is, you know, and you touched on this, settling in a relationship. That's a past life fear of inferiority. It's to do with lack of self-worth. Mm. And uh, and then if you add that, the the, the ticking clock, you know, I'm not getting any younger. I'm hitting thirty, and I, I, you know, I, I need to have a baby soon, or whatever it is, um, or it could be a fast life fear of rejection, uh, you know, for somebody like me, but you know, a, a lot of poor relationship choices were because of not wanting to be alone. You know, mm-hmm. I'd rather be, well, certainly not at this point in my life, but you know, when I was younger, yeah, I'd rather be in a bad relationship than not one at all. It was like you know, ridiculous. If I'd known what I what I know now, it would have been very, very different, and mm-hmm. I would have held out. Uh, A lot more. Um, And also, you know, sometimes we get into relationships that are meant to be, you know, in the sense that they're, you know, we have an agreement, but they don't always work out. You know, I, like a lot of other people, I've I've stuck out relationships longer than, you know, perhaps should have because, um, well, it was with a soulmate. I felt, well, you know, when, and when it is a soulmate, you have that feeling like, well, I've got this connection and I need to keep working at it or something. But sometimes you just, you have to recognize when, you know, you're in a hiding to nothing, it's just not going to get any, any better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's something about soulmates that, you know, I, I do remind people that, you know, it, we have this romanticized idea of it. Um, they don't always work out. You know, you can have an agreement that's made on the astral plane, but when two souls come here, you know, one of them's got a personality disorder and the other one's, not fully divorced yet or something like that. You know, it's timing can be wrong or, you know, circumstances are just not right to, to, um, to move forward. Mm. So, you know, it's a little bit of a minefield. One thing that I always say about soulmates, which I think is so important to understand is that we have more than one. The idea that we have this one person, this holy grail of a person who's gonna complete our life and make us the happiest person on the planet. It's kind of limiting, you know? Um, And it does keep people stuck sometimes, you know, in a relationship was my soulmate. So I guess I'm stuck with it. You know, if it's not working, if somebody's mistreating you, this is the one thing about if there's any kind of abuse, your soul and your spirit guides will not, they can't support you being in a situation like that. So it's always, you know, how do you change it, whether it's within the relationship or getting out of it. Um, But, you know, they're mandated to protect you. So they can't sort of encourage you to stay in a situation that's destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and nor should you, you know, if it's if it's not if it, if you don't have the ability to fix things or improve them, then mm-hmm. you have to really sort of think about, you know, like I say, just because it's a soulmate, you're 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 not obliged to be with them. I think that's what I'm trying to say, you know. Yeah. It sometimes it can run its course, you know. I've had a, I've had a couple of soulmate relationships that you know lasted five years. It was probably not even met to last. <laughs> that long, you know, for mm-hmm. different reasons. But, you know, we're under no obligation, no spiritual obligation just because you have a soul connection to, you know, make something work if it's clearly not.
0: Mm-hmm. Which I do think is very important. I think, and what I find funny about your work in general is that, uh, you know, especially when I have talked to certain friends about it, they're like, it sounds a little too strange or too, like, a lot of the spiritual journey is too much. And I was like, but we use the term old soul, soulmates oh, I must have done this in a former life. And I was like, until you actually start talking about it. And they're like, oh, I didn't mean those expressions. I know. <laughs> it's like, you talk about them. <laughs> yeah. As people
1: will say, oh, look at that baby. What an old soul. And then you start talking about past lives and go, oh,
0: jeez. Right. It's <laughs> like, like, no, no, no. You already said the child's an old soul. It'll right. Well, if it's an old soul, how, did, how, did, how did it get that way? <laughs> you know? Exactly. But what I found funny about it is, um, you know, when, especially when i talked about soulmates and because I've felt for a very long time on this like quest towards a soulmate. And every time I've said that to someone who didn't understand where I was coming from, it, I, I it was always very dismissed like in this very disney romantic way. And I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, I don't think that like I'm going to find one person and run off into the sunset and we'll never fight and life. will be happy. And I was like, but I do feel this urge of just like, homesickness but for yeah. a person and mm-hmm. that was always it. like if I describe that to people I, I don't think I've ever had someone understand what I meant by that but then would have these like I don't know also shitty relationships and I was like okay well uh, but then I think it's really important though to know like just because you can find that and and meet that feeling or or meet this person it doesn't always mean that it's happily ever after and you're not supposed to you know be in your eighties sipping tea on a porch somewhere. You know, um, I think that's very important and but also something most people would reject that notion of.
1: Yeah. And also something I wanted to mention is that, uh, and I'm, I'm working on this as a sort of longer term project. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll be, um, uh, I'm, uh, doing a workshop in July, uh, online and it's to do with how a lot of old souls, these old soul spiritualists, uh, gentle old souls, they're very, very empathic. You know, the, those things I was talking about, like, you know, the, the past lives where you learn to heal and help others, they develop empathy. Um, as a, and empathy is a talent. All talents are past life related. We develop them over many, many lifetimes. So you're, you're an empath. Uh, you're a super empath, um, as you probably know. The risk for any super empath, especially when you have past life uh, trauma that you're carrying, you, you become a wounded empath, is that you will run into narcissists and bullies. And, and this is so common. I I actually dis- describe this as an epidemic. I mean, we've got COVID going on, but we've also got this thing of so many empaths stuck with narcissists or getting, you know, d- suffering from narcissistic abuse. So it's, it's uh, to some extent, it's a story of my life and, and my relationships. Um, it took me the longest time to to figure it out, you know, what was the sort of common denominator apart from myself, which was, you know, that's something you always have to look at, you know, because I was a common denominator. In this case, I was the super empath kind of drawing, um, magnetizing uh, narcissists. And it's, you know, people think narcissists just simply glom onto an empath, uh, but they attract each other. Both are getting something from, I mean, it's toxic. And, it's, it's fucked up, but they're getting something from the the, the thing. So, um, I what I found is that this is the 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 risk is a pattern. And that's what I got into multiple relationships, where you know I think this one's going to be different. For me, it was like alcoholic narcissist, you know, almost all the way. Um, you know, one narcissist who wasn't um, alcoholic, but otherwise, you know, it was like the, yeah. the, the theme of addiction and personality disorder was it's karmic. I'm working through some stuff um, from past lives where, you know, I, I'd affected other people and learning some big lessons. But what was happening was that I was not learning, I was not taking anything from the experience. What I was doing was simply just repeating, repeating. Here we go again. Because I wasn't doing the work. In this case, it w- the ideal would have been to do some past life work. You have wounds, you know, so as an empath, you know, the, the saying the wounded empath. Mm-hmm. You've got um, past life stuff that you're bringing in. So, uh, whatever the fear is, that the narcissist has all the fears. The, what, so, you, they're guaranteed that whatever you might have, let's say you've got four big fears, they're bound to have them because they have all the fears. Mm. Narcissists may look super confident sometimes, they're not. They're, no. they're very, very lacking in, the, in, the, in that sort of area. That's uh, why they are the, the the way that they are. Now, what they do is they, they don't generally cause the wound, they find a wound and they stick the knife in, and they turn it and mm. use um, a, a super, all super empaths, all, all empath, empathic old souls really do have to watch out for this, whether it's in the workplace, probably possibly in a family of origin, uh, relationships, but drawing drawing in the narcissist. And then you wonder why the hell am I, you know, why am I in this weird situation with this person and you know, why are they, you know, picking on me or, or whatever? Um, well they 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 see you as the the, the victim. Now if you if you uh, heal your fears, it's like you suddenly become invisible to the narcissist. They will they will not spot you, they will not single you out because they, they, you're no longer vulnerable. So this is one of, one of the things that I'm doing in this course. It'll it'll eventually be a book as well. And it's to, because it's such a big thing. It's, it's, it's been for me, it's just a spiritual act. I was, you know, I was saying earlier, when you do something that you heal yourself by helping others who suffer the same way, I am very, very committed to helping people to um, get over the effects of narcissistic abuse because it's a, you know, it's, it's, had such a huge impact on my life you know um, mm. PTSD and all that, all of that sort of stuff it's like you know it 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 uh, is devastating um anyone who's been through it will 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 know just how crazy your life can be with with somebody like that in it and uh so i would like to see a world where those narcissists go off and they find somebody else leave those empaths alone yeah uh, you know and it's really just about the empath learning things like boundaries or no longer sort of, um, you know, showing up as the, as the victim healing their own wounds. And then as I say, it'd be like, you know, the, the narcissist is like a shark, you know, swimming around sniffing them, looking for, looking for the, the blood and the water. And then it finds that wounded empath and goes, ha ha, you know, here's somebody who's going to give me what I need and I can take advantage of them and then discard them or whatever. So, um, heal the wounds and, it's amazing, they won't even find you.
0: I think that is very interesting because, uh, and I, it's in the nonprofit world, it's a meme that keeps going around right now. And it's, it's slightly making fun of law of attraction, uh, but it was the thing of like, well, you're gonna attract what you fear. And from the nonprofit, it's like, so I'm afraid of a million dollar donation. <laughs> Yeah. Huh. But we talk about like you attract what you what you fear. And I think in that regard, you know, especially, I, you know, my father is is quite the alcoholic himself. And so and to the point when I've mm-hmm. done actually I'm I'm currently doing your um, the exercise you suggested of writing down uh, 20 things that you're looking for, like in your soulmate r- romantic yeah. partnership. And it was funny because I was going through and I've made a lot of edits to that list. And one of them was a day like after kind of dealing with my dad and I was like, oh my God, I was like, I need to write down like free from addiction to like drugs and alcohol. So you stop bringing that like in again. And so I find it really funny that that I mean because it is such a good example of you know sometimes where it's like wow and all these people have had like really extreme drinking problems like <laughs> where's that coming from? But to your point, it's like well sometimes yeah. you're the common denominator if that's what you're afraid of and you keep bringing it back in. So
1: yes, well there's what, a very important thing that the the spirit I'd say, and it, and it's certainly applied to me and I think a lot a lot of people would. Uh, resonate with this. Uh, what they say is that the experience is not the lesson. The lesson is what you draw from the experience. And there's always a positive lesson, no matter how harsh the experience. There's always something positive you can take away from it. And, you know, but if you're not processing as you go along and uh, noticing the patterns and so on, then you're sucking it. You know, it's like you need that sort of awareness. You need to break the the pattern and get out of these things.
0: I think that that's fine. So do you believe that everything happens for a reason?
1: Absolutely not. No. Oh. I, I, I no. no. I, I, I think that's, it's very limiting. I think it's disappointing. Um that, that suggests that we're kind of, you know, hapless victims, you know, just on this journey and things are happening and everything's for a reason. No, that's what, that that actually what the guides would would replace that with is to say that you know that uh, that thing about the lesson is what you draw. The experience is not the not the lesson, because we think, oh, this happened. It was you know, um, and I, it's so sad. And I think we try to find meaning by doing this a lot. You know, I mean, it's something awful like losing a child, and you know, maybe we say well, to ourselves, well, you know, it happened for a reason because we have to feel that it's com- comforting to to believe that. But shit happens on the physical plane. You know, we just, it's the nature of life here, unfortunately. Um, but then it really becomes about how do you deal with life's challenges? You know, um, when, you know, it's that thing of, you know, corny old saying, but, you know, turning lemonade, you know, lemons into lemonade, you know, mm. life gives you that. So, yeah, I don't, I, don't I, I just, I think it's a very limiting belief.
0: Fascinating. I think yeah. That's fascinating. Oh my gosh. Ainsley, I have kept you so long on this interview, but I can tell you I'm, how great it is. <laughs> um, I feel like I could talk to you about this stuff for hours. Do you? Well, have... I'd,
1: I'd be happy to talk for hours. You can probably tell. I love I love <laughs> my, my work.
0: <laughs> I love it. Um, do you have any uh, last thing that you want to, whether it's about careers, it's about healing our souls, about relationships? Is there any like, last thing you want to leave us with?
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, the, the one thing that I would leave you with, uh, and you touched on this before about, you know, connecting with your, your spirit guides. Uh, People are asking me all the time about how do I connect with my spirit guides? And, you know, there is no spiritual bypassing here. Meditation is essential. You know, there's a reason why, you know, it's almost like I imagine if you pick up any book on how to communicate with spirit world, Meditation is going to be in there somewhere. You need to change your brain your brainwaves. You need to still yourself. And I think this is one of the most important things. You know, so many of us live lives that are hectic. You know, it's like noise. Um, you know, it's 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 work, life, TV. You know, it's like uh, internet. We've got, we're, we're exposed to stimulus and stimuli and people and noise and so on all the time. And then wondering why we can't hear our spirit guides. And it, we really need to get that. All of us should have a like a little corner or something where we can have our little, you know, spiritual place. Um, and it could be, I mean, you could have a, an altar, some kind of focused vision board could be just a candle, whatever that can really help. And, you know, a time of the day, maybe it doesn't have to be by the clock, but just, you know, maybe just after breakfast, you spend 10 minutes just calming, maybe bringing spirit guides in if you have those prayers a time to just run through them and uh, make that connection with the spirit guides. But that that would be my advice. I think everybody could use that. Mm. Um, It's it's so important. When I was going through divorce uh, 10 years ago, I was very stressed. And my spirit guides at one point, they refused to work with me unless I meditated for an hour every day, which is extreme. I mean, they, they usually feel you don't need anything like that amount of time if you're doing it regularly. But I was going through something very stressful and uh, they had the power, they're saying, okay, we're not working with you unless you do that hour every day. And it was the best thing I could have done. It completely grounded me. It, uh, it deepened my connection when I really needed it. it, helped me to deal with the emotions and so on. I cannot recommend it enough.
0: I love that. Ainsley McLeod, once again, thank you so much. I, I'm honored beyond belief. Uh, where can people find you, connect with you, uh, learn mo- more about the soul world and the soul community that you have?
1: Uh, yeah, we could go, you can go to soulworld.com mm-hmm. or you can go to my name, AinsleyMcLeod.com, um, and learn more about this. We also have our Soul World Sunday, a little uh, half hour broadcast that we do every week. This is free. and. You can come and join us there. Um, so it's all, all the information's on the, the website. We'll have a Soul World Sunday website up in a couple of weeks, I think. Um, so, yeah, you should be able to find me there, and it would be lovely. I'd invite like to anyone to, to come and join us on a Sunday
0: yeah fantastic oh my gosh uh thank you again this has been enlightening helpful healing all of the wonderful things so (laughs) thank you so much i I
1: really i well i appreciate the opportunity to to just talk about this work and uh, it's been lovely getting to know you
0: oh thank you so much have a wonderful rest of your day ainsley thank you thank you Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Make an Impact podcast. If you enjoyed yourself, would you do a little rate, review, subscribe dance? And if you really enjoyed yourself, would you share this on social media so someone else could catch the impact bug? Until next time, friends, I can't wait to see what kind of impact you make on your world.